What it is, what it do. You tune in to the Jose Morales podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and I'm back in the ring this time on a solo episode by myself. And in this episode, I am going to be talking about communicating. Um, I'm going to talk about the importance of it and the things that I've learned throughout the years communicating with, with coaches, with athletes, with teammates, with staff members, with everything from family to friends to everything that I've learned has worked with me. Um, and I'm going to dive into that. And then I'm also going to be talking about a lot of other things that are going around in the gym, talk about the last episode, talk about future episodes and so forth. First, let's talk about the last episode, Mikuni, when we had Taro here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much just talking to him. He's a very pleasant, happy, uplifting guy. But one thing that I got from it that I can say is really, really true with myself in my life so far is where he mentioned Kazen. Uh, I think, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Hopefully I'm saying it right. I think it was Kazen, which means you're always trying to better yourself, a better version of yourself. And I can 100% vouch for that, that it is 100% true. For example, when I was competing when I was younger, uh, I felt that running and training every day and watching what I had to eat was something I only had to do because of boxing. And I always, it was always in my head that if I quit boxing, I don't have to do this no more. So if I, had, if I didn't box no more, I didn't have to watch what I eat. Um, I didn't have to run every day. I didn't have to better myself. Kazen, same thing he talked about. I didn't have to do that no more. And to be honest, it was one of those things that was in my head that influenced me stopping boxing, influenced me to hang it up because I was being lazy, right? And as I got older and as I noticed that in life, you always have to better yourself, always. Regardless if you, you are an athlete or not, regardless of where you're at in life, you always have to better yourself for whatever reason. If you want to uh, do more in life, if you want to change something in your life, if you don't change something within yourself, you're going to get the same result. And I've noticed that with me, there are certain things that I want to accomplish, and I wasn't able to accomplish that without me bettering myself first, without me looking in the mirror first, without me seeing, you know what, I need to change this, I need to change that. So that's something that I caught on from the last episode and I wanted to share with you guys that it is true. And those boxers that are my athletes here in the gym that are listening to this, if you bettering yourself and, and facing yourself in the mirror every day is stopping you or encouraging you to stop boxing, don't do it. Because if not, you're gonna be in the same, you're gonna be in a place somewhere in life that you probably will hate just because you don't wanna better yourself. So that's just something that I gained from the last episode that I wanted to share with you guys. Now, next thing that I wanted to talk about was Alonso's uh, business fair. Those that are familiar with my son's school and, and what he's got going on, this was his first year at Acton Academy and it's going great. He's still not out of school yet, but he had his business fair in May and I wanted to talk about this and share this story with you guys because it was a unique experience, not only as a parent, but also 
for my son. I think he, he gained a lot and he grew a lot from this. And prior to the business fair, we had this conversation once and he didn't want to do it. He, he was hesitant about doing it. He did not want to do the business fair. And I think going back to what I talked about a little bit ago, it was him being lazy. Not that he, not that he was scared. Maybe he was, maybe the nurse, but to be honest, I think he was just being lazy. He didn't want to face himself in the mirror like I spoke about a little bit ago and improve on things that he had to improve on, his drawing, his, his people speaking skills and all this. He instead wanted to avoid that. And by avoiding that was, I don't want to do the business fair. And this is somewhere as a parent, I could have easily been like, you know what? Okay, you don't want to do it, no problem. And my wife kind of was like right there, kind of maybe thinking I sh it was okay. But then I, I, I was like, you know what? What's the worst thing that could happen? He does a business fair. He does horrible. He does not sell nothing. And I went back to what I did to him when he was boxing. And if you recall in past episodes where I talk about this relationship with my son as his coach and what I had him do with boxing and how much he hates boxing, but I still made him compete and everything he gained from boxing, I brought this back to this. If I had him go into a ring and actually box somebody and where he had a higher chance of getting hurt physically, not just emotionally, why am I protecting him from getting embarrassed from not selling something? at a business fair. Why? Why am I protecting them now when I didn't protect them in the ring and I didn't hold back in boxing? So I took that conversation and had that same conversation with him. I was like, you know what? I understand you don't want to do this. And I asked him why. And he told me. He doesn't think he was ready. He said, I don't think I'm ready to do it. That's what he said, first thing. And, and then I explained to him, that you've done things a lot worse and a lot harder than a business fair. And I brought up boxing. I'm like, you got in front of a whole bunch of people and boxed somebody and threw punches at them and he threw punches at you. And you're telling me you selling something is more scarier than that? And he just stood there and he was just thinking about it. And then I told him, just do it, just do it. We'll learn from it and we'll grow from it. I'm not telling you need to sell out. I'm not telling you need to do great. All I'm telling you is you need to do it. And we'll see what we do and, and we'll see what adjustments we'll make for the next year if we do bad. And if you do great, we'll still see what you could do better next year. And then we started talking about uh, ideas of what he was gonna sell because he didn't know what he was gonna do. Because this was a few months, so this was like February. And then we started talking about, um, and then me as a business owner, I started talking about what's and a very important thing that he should do. And I started talking about marketing, started talking about videos, and I started talking about things that I can do to help him. And then it looked like he started getting excited. So then he came up with this idea that he's gonna start selling his drawings. So as he starts doing his drawings, his mother, I'm gonna give his credit to his mom, my wife comes up with this idea that he should do greeting cards. So she starts, these greeting cards and he draws them out and they come out pretty damn dope. But coming up on like two weeks, three weeks before the business fair, we literally only have like two drawings, three drawings and, and one greeting card. 
So we're on his butt about, yo, you need to, you need to start making more. You need to get on this. We have three weeks. You need to start drawing more. You need to start, you know, you need to have product or else we're, what are you going to sell? So you could tell he was not very happy about this. And this is where, why three months prior, he was like, I don't want to do it. This is him being lazy. And this is where I give my, my wife credit for and myself, mostly my wife, because my wife was really on his ass about, yo, you need to get on it. You need to start making them, da 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 And we pushed him. We pushed him to get out of his comfort zone and make things happen. And then he started half, not half-assing, but then he started rushing some where the artwork showed that he was rushed. And we're like, nope, we don't accept this. I'm like, you're going to sell this to somebody. It needs to be your quality work. That means you got to give it your all. You got to show that it's worth the dollar amount that you're, that you're pursuing it. Otherwise, why, someone, why is someone going to pay for it? So now throughout this whole time, we're giving them tips of, as a client, why would I pay this much if it's sloppy? What kind of value are you going to bring to your, to, your, to your clientele? And then I brought up a great idea, marketing. I hit up my boy Scott and I was like, look, we're going to make this video of him drawing and then boom, and then I'm going to put it on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then my son was like, I don't want to do that. He gave me this look like, I'm not doing no video. He, and those that know my oldest, he is identical to my wife. He does not like talking. He is super quiet. He hates videos. He hates camera. He does not like, he does not like anything with that. Doesn't want to be the center of attention. So then my wife defending him because she knows, she understands that a lot more than me, obviously, because I don't mind cameras and I don't like talking. She's like, don't make him do that. Now you're making him be you. He's not you. Don't let him do that. After I had already scheduled the video with Scott. So then me understanding that my wife communicated that with me, I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm making him do something that is not him. Let him be him. Let him do his own thing. So I canceled it. I ended up not doing that. Um, so then after he had all his stuff together, he had his, his video, I mean, his, his, all his drawings, he had his greeting cards. I was on Instagram and I was like, you know what? Let's just do an IG story. Just show a couple off and, and, and post them. And then, and then I explained to my son why this is so important for business. And I told him a business that no one knows about is not a business. You're a secret. You're not, that's not a business. I mean, if no one knows about Apple, only Apple's friends and family know about Apple, it, does that business really exist? Does Nike exist if only Nike and his friends and family know about it, but nobody else knows about Nike? Nike only exists to that people. So that's what I explained to my son is like, a business without marketing does not really exist. It doesn't exist. It only exists for you and the people that know about you and your circle. So if you want your business to exist, exist for a larger brand and a larger circle and, and reach a wider audience, you have to market. You have to promote it. You have to put it out there. You have to talk about it. You have to show it. You have to brand it. You have to put it out there. I don't care how shy you are. I don't care how embarrassed you are. I don't care how timid you are. You're a business owner. You need to put your business out there. If not, your business is a secret. 
So that's what I did. I told him, just show a couple of your of your your videos. I mean, show a couple of your artwork and your greeting cards and explain what you did. He explained Donatello on Instagram and why he wanted to do Donatello. He explained a couple of us and I just put it on my IG story, just on my Instagram story. I didn't even make a post, just on my story. And I just said, come out tomorrow to this business fair, blah, blah, blah. Instantly, a whole bunch of people talked about they were going to go back. They were going to go. But the best thing about it, instantly people wanted to buy them. So business fair is Saturday. It's Friday. And he's already getting inquiries about people wanting to purchase these things. So I told him right then and then. I'm like, look, we're not even at the business fair and people already want to buy them. Why? Because your business exists now. Now, the whole world, not the whole world, but my marketing, everyone that's connected with my social media knows about your business. Now, imagine if you had your website and yours and theirs, and now all these people are sharing it, what your business would do. So when I told him that all these people wanted to buy it, he was like, wow. And then my wife was like, hold on, we can't sell all of them. And what are we going to have, what are we going to have for a business for? We're not going to have no, no artwork. We're like, yeah, you're right. So we said, no, we're not selling them. But shout out to Pete. My man Pete was like, you know what? He overpaid by like five times. Uh, uh, he bought a greeting card that cost five bucks. He, he paid $20 for a greeting card just because he wanted it before. He got the, he got the, the exclusive before drop um, uh, greeting card. And instantly, my son learned how important, how important marketing was. So now we get to the business fair and we're sitting there, we're organizing everything. And this business fair, shout out to Acting Academy. Let me talk about what this business fair is like. This is 100% ran by students. Under the age of 18, all students. Um, and 100%, meaning the organizing, the everything, the chairs, the tent, everything is 100% ran by the students. Obviously, the younger students, the five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-olds, the parents help. Um, but the olders, the older students, it's 100% ran by them. And this is just a fair when you walk by and you're looking at each, each um, booth and each student is selling different things. And as we're setting up our things and the booth is all set up, I'm going to say um, two people. So 80% of our clients came through. Instagram, 80% from that story that I posted. Again, story. So that wasn't even a post and that wasn't even boosted or nothing. It was just a story. Got 80% of our client, I mean, of Alonso's clients to come to his booth, 80%. Um, one of his, of those two people that were not from Instagram was his good friend. And the other one was one of the booths nearby. And I want to talk about those. So when we're there, his best friend from school has a booth close to us and he's selling cookies. Well, as soon as I get there, I go over there and I bought cookies and I said, what's up to him? Delicious cookies, by the way. And then we came back. Once I did that, guess what they did? They walked over. They bought one of the most expensive uh, frames, drawings from Alonso. And we just showed love back and forth. And then I walked uh, across the way 
actually, it wasn't even me. It was one of um, one of our f- our family friends that were there walked across the way and bought some stuff from a booth. And guess what they did? They came over and bought something from our booth. Now, this is where I I I wanted to make sure I emphasize this with Alonso. I asked him, what what did you once he was done with everything and he was done with 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 this whole business for I said, what did you learn from this experience? Because he sold out. He sold out completely. And he actually had to make more stuff because people requested stuff. So after he sold, after he sold out, he made more to sell more for people that requested. And now he was all pumped up. Now he had momentum. Now he's all into it. Now he's like, oh yeah, look how much money I made. And he's all excited. And again, if you remember, once you get momentum, it's easier to build on that because now you're excited. And this is where my nine-year-old son is at right now with his drawings. He has momentum. He's excited about what's going on with his business because he sold out on his first business fair. He sold out. So after he was all sold out and everything, I asked him, what did you learn? And he said, he learned how important marketing is. That's he told me. This is what my nine-year-old son told me. He said, I learned how important marketing is. And he learned that. Why? Because 80% of his clients came from a video that was made. And then I'm like, anything else you learned? And he didn't, he didn't know what to, he didn't, he didn't know what to say. And this is where I had something I wanted to share. I said, so 80% of your members, I mean clients, came from marketing, and the other two clients came from, and he just stood there. I'm like, they came from you showing love back. Remember, we bought cookies. After we bought cookies, they came, they bought something from you. We bought something over here. After we did that, they came and they bought something from us. What does that tell you? And then he was like, he would just stay quiet. I was like, this is probably more important than marketing. You get what you put back into the world, whatever you put back into the universe. If you're giving out good vibes, you get you good vibes back. If you're showing love to people, you get you get love shown back to you. We went out and bought stuff. Those people came and bought back. I'm like, you always want to give back. You always want to talk to people. You always want to show love. And then this is something most people say. They're like, oh, they don't show love. Blah blah blah. Sack is full of haters and blah 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 blah. Look, if that's the way you want to visualize everything and that's the way you want to see things, that's the way it's going to be. If you don't show love or people don't show love to you and people are not buying from you or people are not reposting your stuff or not liking your stuff, not saying it's always 100%, but are you doing it? Are you showing love back? And it's easy to get people on board with you. Let's say they're not doing it, you're not doing it. You know how you get them on board? Start liking their stuff. Start sharing their stuff. Start buying from them. They may not do it right away, but after you do it so long, it's kind of hard not to show love back to somebody that's constantly showing love to you. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that's helped me as a business owner, me, is throughout this whole thing, I may not be the smartest, I may not be anything with what I do in business, but I always do things for the right intentions and I always show love. I don't care if the person hates me, I don't care if the person talks about me, I always show love. And that comes right back to my business. 
So after this, my son's all excited. He understands now he learned there's two great things about business throughout this business fair. Marketing and always show love. Be caring and give back to the community because the community is what's going to hold up your business. After doing that, now I started having conversations with him that, look, you made this much money, you can't spend it all. Now you have to invest part of it into your business. So now if you have $100 out of that 100, how much is going to go back to your business for next year? What are we going to do next year that's going to better your business? How? One thing that we did horrible with this year is we had no signs. It was very, very, very ghetto fabulous. We had a table with some stuff, but no signs. We saw some people with signs and billboards and and event and, and like a menu of what costs what and this and that. It's just, so I told him we should make that for next year. So put money away for that. Uh, start making your logo. You have no logo. So we got to put money aside, uh, aside for that and investing back into your business. But my favorite part about all this is He's nine years old and he already, he already experienced this. So doing the math, 10, 11, 12, by the time he hits graduate 17, 18, he's gonna have, how many years is that? Seven years, eight years of experience of running a business? Eight years of business experience by the time he graduates. That's my favorite part of all this. If he gained so much in one year and learned so much in one year, what do you think he's gonna be like by 15, 16 when dad and mom no longer need to hold his hand? Mom and dad no longer need to tell him about marketing, about being a good, a good a sportsman. I mean, about being a good business and a good leader by giving back and doing this. By the time he hits those, those adult years, he's going to have all this under his belt. And that's probably my favorite part of this. And this is why you don't shelter your kid. You let them make the mistake at a young age when they're in your hands where you can help them and you can help them bounce back from that mistake versus when they're older and you can no longer help them bounce back from that mistake. Next thing I wanted to talk about that's been going on is a summer camp. Um, I just started the summer teen camp. It's been going great. This is honestly uh, very, very special. Just seeing the change in the kids coming out, they're talking more. Um, I wanted to talk about one thing about this though that I've, that I've learned and it helped me change the way I approach uh, giving back now. So before on sponsorships and just giving back, if I saw something or someone just sent me a simple text, I just gave it to them right away. Like I didn't, I didn't just expect nothing. If someone said I needed money for this, I would just do it. And I started looking at things as, as how am I helping these people and what am I teaching them? And that's what made me do my summer camp for free and do it this way. So to get in the summer camp, all I asked for was a letter and for you to come introduce yourself and shake my hand. How hard is that? Not hard at all. Oh, it shows that you want to do it and you appreciate it and you're grateful for it. And I think this is what, if I was a politician or if I was in charge of giving free money to, to people, I would expect something simple like that. I'm not making you go through loops and I'm not making it impossible, but I'm showing, I want you to show a little bit of effort and showing that you're willing to change and make something and not be so entitled. Like you, de you deserve this. Like I owe you this. Because I don't owe you this, and we don't owe you this. That's how I feel about it. So 
from here on forward, what I started and, and I told myself is anyone ever wants any sort of financial assistance or sponsorship or whatever, I'm still going to do it like I always will. But now I would like you to just come in, shake my hand and tell me what you're doing. And boom, don't send me a lazy ass text message. Hey, I need this. Da, 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 da. Come tell me face to face and shake my hand. Boom. Just show me the respect that you are grateful for this, not entitled to this. Does that make sense? And another thing that I noticed throughout this whole summer camp, besides the kids out of that, is how much really is not really about the money. You know, so, sometimes you expect like, oh, they're not doing it because of money. People are saying, oh, it's expensive. Boxing is expensive. Nah. I realize it's not even the money. It's just people are too damn lazy, straight up lazy to do things. It has nothing to do with the money. They use money as an excuse. Oh no, it's far. Oh, it's the money. Why? Because it's easy to say that it's far. It's easy to say it's the money because it's harder to admit that it's you, the problem. It is you that is lazy. It is you that's the one scared to make the commitment and scared to face your demons. And it's easier to say it's too expensive. It's easier to say it's too far. But when reality, the problem is you. And that's what I've noticed so far is that there's a lot of parents not willing to make the sacrifice for their kids and a lot of parent, a lot of kids not pushing the parents about, yo, I want to do this. I knew when I was younger how many times I had to ask my mom until she said yes. I knew, and I know every kid knows. Every kid knows. If I ask 10 times, by the 11th time, I'm getting this. And I think we need more of that from the kids. Um, and, a, and a lot more of, of wanting to make shit happen. So that's something I, I wanted to sh bring up with the summer camp that I, I've noticed and I learned and no, that I have witnessed and, and seen so far throughout this experience. Last update and last thing that I want to talk about from the previous episode is, not previous, my last solo episode, I talked about um, how I felt and I got a lot of feedback. I got a lot of messages from a lot of people and I want to say thank you. Thank you for everyone that took the time to write me. Thank you for people that called me uh, in the gym. A lot of people. And these, these comments are, I don't think we realize how big comments can affect someone, regardless if they're good or bad. You know, they can literally break you or make you. And to be honest, the feedback that I got from a lot of people, Scott was the first one to say something. As soon as I recorded last time, Scott was like, yo, I want to tell you how much the podcast affected my life. And right away, that was one. And then it went to another, to another, to another. And all that did was bring my spirit up. And this is why I want to talk about communication during this episode. This is one of the reasons. There's a lot of reasons, but this is one. Because we hold back a lot of comments. We hold back a lot of things and... I think we need to share those more because these comments can motivate us, give people momentum, um, and, it, and, and it can also break us. And that's what I wanna cover. I wanna cover the back and the negative part of it because the way you approach the negative comments is very, very important. So for example, if I have something to say to Scott as a coach and I know that it, this is a 
a comment that could break him, that can hurt him, that can maybe make him not want to box no more. The way I approach that comment is very crucial. And I would exp and I would and I'm gonna use this as an example. Let's say Scotty is being really lazy. And I'm gonna get that to him without me saying he's lazy. I'm gonna communicate that to him without using that exact word, lazy. So I would ask him first, conversation is, you know, how's boxing going? Da, 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 da. Are you at where you wanna be? Are you at with your goals? And then kind of play it out step by step is, what, how many days a week are you coming? Okay, you're only coming twice a week. Uh, how come you're not coming that often? Da, 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 da. What's holding you up to be that often? So what, what do we need to do to get you here consistently? So what's holding you up to be here consistently? So at the end of the day, once we point out all the things of what he's doing, he himself is going to see he's lazy. He himself is going to see, damn, I'm not training every day. Damn, I'm doing this. Damn, you're right. So he, he's seeing with his words, he said it before I said it, that he's only been training two days a week. I'm not telling him, yo, you've only been coming twice a week. I asked you, how many days a week you coming? He told me two. Two out of the five, what's going on? Da, 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 da. Now there, now I can, I can now tell him, this is what we need to be doing. This is what I expect from you. This is what we're not doing. That's why you're not at your goal. That's why it's taking you forever to get you to your goal. Versus me just coming at him like, yo, you're fucking lazy. You never come, you're bullshitting, da 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 in front of people. Now that right there, yes, some people can have tough skin and can get that, but a majority of the people will get embarrassed and a majority of people will take offense to you saying that in front of people. But now when you can get them to see it without you straight up telling them that they're lazy, you're gonna get a different reaction out of them. Does that make sense? Now with that same twist, this is another mistake as a coach that I made in the beginning. And now as I got older and more mature, I started seeing it. When I first got into coaching, when I first got my gym, I wanted to push people to compete that had zero interest in competing. I wanted to push people into sparring that had zero interest into sparring. And I was pushing people to do all these things because that's what I wanted. That's what I saw in boxing. That's what I saw in a boxing gym. But what I want is not what he wants or what she wants. So what gives me the right to push people to do what I want them to do and not help them get what they want out of this? And this is where the communication again plays a big role, where you have conversations to get to know what it is that why they're here. What is what they're trying to get out of boxing? not what I'm trying to get them to do in boxing. Because those things may be two completely different things or they may be one in the same, who knows? But that starts with conversations. And these conversations start with simple, why you're here, what are you looking to get out of here? And then once they tell you, I'm looking to compete, make sure their actions match up with what you say. So what I mean by that is, if this person comes in and they say they want to compete, shh, have them show you, okay? If you want to compete, this is what I expect out of you. After class, make sure you shadow box this. Make sure you run. Make sure you're here every day. And then see if it adds up. 
see, okay, you know what? He is coming every day. Oh, you know what? He is running. Oh, he is shadow boxing every day. That means he does want to compete. Now, if he doesn't, then you call him out on it. Hey, Bruce, I thought you said you wanted to, you wanted to compete. Your actions don't match up with what you're saying. And that's where you call him out again to like the previous conversation that I had is, you're saying you want to do this, but you're doing this. And you go back to the first conversation when I use Scott as an example. Now, if competition is not in, in is not even in their, in their, that's not what they're here. They're just here for fun. Now you make boxing fun from. There's no reason to push them to do something they don't want to do when you know that's not what they want to do. And that's the beauty in all this. There's no right or wrong with what you do with your life. You could do uh, great and go to college and get married, have a good job. You could be an entrepreneur. You can be living at your mom's house. You can be living at the street. At the end of the day, you can have people that are going to judge you. They're going to say your, your life is shitty or great and you're, you're a bad person or a great person. But what really makes it right or wrong? Them judging you? At the end of the day, what makes your life right or wrong is you and how happy you are. Because your happiness and my happiness are two different. But as long as you're happy, that's what matters. And if I'm happy with what I'm doing, that's good. You don't have to copy my life and I don't have to copy yours. So there's really no right or wrong. And that's, that's where I'm going with all this is having more conversations and getting to know what everyone's at instead of judging somebody or talking crap to somebody based off what you think of them and what they think of you versus what their happiness really is. And I think that's something that I, like I said, struggle with because not just with outside, I'm using it with the gym. I set up the gym to be what it is with the warrior program and everything because that's something I always wanted in life. And when I was boxing, I always wished something like this was around and I always wished my coach was something like what I am like. But really, that's what I want. How do I know that's what they want? You know what I'm saying? And it was, it's wrong for me to treat everyone that way. And that's something that I had to grow into as a coach to start accepting that, to start being a better coach for everyone, not just a better coach for one person. Now, I wanted to talk about how to deal with an upset or hostile environment and communicating. Prior to the gym, something that really, really helped me is working on cars, being in the automotive industry. Obviously, when you deal with people that are happy when their cars broke down, a good 80% of the time I was dealing with pissed off people. So I'm going to thank that dealership for this because this, this taught me a lot of how to deal with people that were upset. And one thing that I learned from this is listen first. Listen and try to understand where they're coming from before you start responding and trying to tackle or trying to argue with them. So let's go into the automotive world. When someone came in and their car was broke down and everything was a mess and they were all pissed off, first, I would listen to them. Once I get all their, everything out of what they're saying, I will gather all their information of what makes them upset. And then I'll try to tackle all their things that they're upset about. I'm upset, I'm upset about that it took so long. I'm upset that it costs as much. I'm upset about it, da, 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 whatever it is that they're upset about. And then I knock, I try to tackle each one of those down and, and fix each problem. Obviously, I can't fix that it took long because I can't go back in time and fix that. But if I could, 
I'll ask, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll try to change it. Like the cost, I'll try to fix it. If I could, let's work with you on this. Let's try to make you as happy as possible. Once I tackled each of your, your concerns or whatever problem it is that you have, I should make you happy, right? Because now I tackled all your problems, all the things that you're upset about. If by the time I fixed or all your concerns are resolved and you're still upset, which does happen, you're just pissed off. There's nothing I can do to fix you or get you happy. You just want to be angry. And there's nothing I can do there. And that's why I will communicate that with people also. It's like, look, you said you were upset about uh, training in the morning. You were upset about this. I told you we would do this and I would do that. And you're still mad. There's nothing I could do. You just want to be mad. And when you go in about it with these steps and tackling things with listening first and they now you take all their ammunition away versus you're there and you're constantly going back and forth. Now you're just arguing and you're never going to get nothing resolved. And this is something that helped me at the dealership. I brought that to the gym. Um, we deal with, with everything, with, with uh, boxers this way, with upset customers this way, and we listen to them first. And then we try to first be the judge. You know, um, like myself, if something happens with one of the, one of the, coaches or Kelly or somebody, I don't take Kelly's side right away. I don't take the customer side right away or the athletes or whoever is arguing. I listen to the whole story and then I'm a judge. And then I figure out what's the right thing to do. And I always, always, always make the right decision. And that's how we're all trained. We're doing what's right. Kelly coaches, we're all trained to do the what's right. And then from there, if I always follow the same protocol, we're going to cover this, this, and this, and then do what's right. And so does Kelly and David and everybody here. We follow the same protocol, and I always back them up. And backing up your, 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 your team is very important because if you don't back up your, your team, you start losing the trust. And then when they start losing the trust in you, then your relationship starts falling apart. So that trust and always backing each other up is crucial. And one thing I'm going to bring up with all this, learning the communication side of, of, of an as, uh, the conversation side of dealing with angry people and dealing with all of this, uh, Kelly explained it to me one day. Actually, recently she was like, you know, this really helped me in my personal life. And outside of the gym is dealing with these conversations with my family. And it just really made me happy and excited about that because it's true. You know, I'm, I was happy that I was able to share this with, with her and she was able to take this home and make her home and family and personal life better just off basic things that we do in, in the gym. So that made me excited to share with you guys. So a quick little recap. Um, we talked about things that are going on, updates. I talked about bettering yourself, talked about my son's business fair, uh, talked about communicating, dealing with people that are upset, talking, conversations uh, that can make and break people. Um, now I wanted to talk about uh, something I posted on Instagram about how do you, no, how old were you when you figured out your parents? How old were you? And I got a lot of different feedback. I, I have some people that are like, I still trying to figure them out. I haven't figured them out. Some people were like, 
Um, I figure out different things at different ages. So when I was younger, I figured this out. And as a girl, I can relate to that one a lot. Um, there, I think Marta said at 12 years old, which was good. She was like, because she was the oldest of her family and she, she had to do a lot of the taking care of the younger siblings because her parents were working and stuff like that. I can relate to that also. Um, uh, my, my mention how when she was in her 20s, she started appreciating and understanding her parents' sacrifices. That was one that I can relate to also. Um, what's another one? Let me see if I made a note of another one that I related to. Um, oh, Dana. Dana said how she started realizing how she became them. So all these great different... Um, the reason why I asked this question is that myself, I learned so much from my mom and dad about me. And those that know, I was raised, never met my dad. So when I learned about him, without ever knowing him or meeting him, I'm like his twin. I have so many things in common with this guy that I never met. Um, and then with my mom, starting to understand fully of why she is who she is, why she's alone, why she talks, um, um, a lot, why she uh, likes being by herself, why she's super caring and loving, why she's this. All these things about my mom and dad, I started understanding them more. And that's what I meant by like figuring them out. When did you figure out why they are the way they are? Why do they work where they work? Why do they live where they live? Why do they talk to you the way they talk to you? Why are they protective? When you start figuring these things out, um, there's a couple of things that happen there that happen with me. One, it can scare you because you're like, whoa, I don't want to become that, like Dana said. Or you start to realize things that can stop you in a way you're looking into the future of things that can possibly happen to you because it happened to your family, right? And then the biggest one I think it is is, and for me, this is where it hit home, is what are you, what person are you going to be and do you want to be when your kids figure you out? You know what I'm saying? Who do you want to be when your kids figure you out? And that's when I was like, damn, are you kids are really going to be proud of who you are, of what you stand for, what you did with your life, um, relationships you are in and things like that. Are your kids going to be proud of you? Are your kids going to be embarrassed about you? Are they going to be, are they going to be shy to talk about you? Because now think about yourself right now. How how are you if you talked about your parents? Are you proud of what they did? Are you embarrassed of who they are? Are you what? How do you feel about your parents? And that's because you figured them out. Now, how are you going to be when your kids figure you out? So that's what I wanted to end that with. That's it for this episode. I hope you guys gained something from it. Uh, if you did, like, share, leave a review. Um, let me know what you thought about it. Um, next episode, I'm going to be bringing in a guest. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. I'm out. Deuces. Deuces.